welcome back to the weekly dose of euphoria podcast and a very happy new year to you all for any new listeners out there my name is matt sapala and i am the host of this show just a little background on the show my aim is to promote holistic health plant-based nutrition and movement and inspire people to make subtle sustainable changes in their life through the amazing guests that i have on the show I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas and a New Year break. I know I definitely did. I spent the past couple of weeks surrounded by nature, down by the beach recharging my batteries because 2018 was such a crazy year. Filled with so much joy and happiness and I have no doubt that 2019 is going to be the same. I couldn't think of a better way to kick off 2019 than by sharing with you all Nadine Scott's story. Nadine, alongside her partner Richard, have built this incredible holistic wellness space in the heart of Yarraville called All For One Studios. And much like the name suggests, there is literally all the resources you need to thrive. All For One offers a range of different services, including physiotherapy, nutritional consultations, massage therapy, psychology, yoga, meditation, Pilates, spin classes, and newly introduced are some boxing classes down there. So if you haven't checked out this hidden gem in Yarraville, I strongly suggest you pay Nadine and Richard a visit. What they have built is nothing short of amazing. But what really intrigued me was what got Nadine to where she is today. She faced an enormous amount of bullying, both face-to-face and online during high school, and I guess battling these hardships enabled her to find her true calling in the health and wellness space. Nadine shares with us a touching message when I ask her to have a conversation with her 16-year-old self, so guys, really pay attention to that. You'll take a lot of points out of that one there. Nadine's message is so inspiring and it was an absolute pleasure having her on the show this week and I'm so grateful to be able to connect with with such amazing people doing awesome things in the community. So keep it up guys and I hope you enjoy the show. Nadine, welcome to the Weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast. How are you? Really well, thank you. How are you? Awesome. Awesome to have you on the podcast today. Is this your first one? It is. Very excited. Well, welcome to the community. Just to paint the picture for you guys, we're currently sitting in one of the treatment rooms at All For One Studios, blasting these peppermint essential oils. So we're all going to be high off mint (laughs) essence at the moment, which is amazing. Uh, We're going to dive right into all the amazing things you and your husband, Richard, are doing with All For One, Nadine. But first, tell us what life was like for you growing up. So I lived in Craigieburn and um, I have two sisters. We're two years apart, so very close in age um, and really good relationship growing up. And um, my mum was heavily involved with my upbringing and she really valued education. So I have memories of her, you know, always sitting with us and and reading stories to us and and really getting involved with our school life. And I just remember being really outdoorsy and creative. And back in those days, you know, there weren't iPads or or phones or, you know, much TV going on. And it was all about really being active. And I just have awesome memories of just loving, you know, being outside with my sisters and um, making really good memories. Definitely. And I think that's an area in in the younger generation nowadays that they're neglecting. It's more focused on their technology and glued to the devices and not getting that 
outdoor playtime with nature. Yeah, mm. it, it's it's really tricky because it's everywhere. Kids are exposed to it all the time. So you do wonder whether the creativity is going to be limited and whether or not they're going to be able to you know reach their potential because there's so many distractions nowadays. But it, I was very fortunate and people in my generation, probably yourself as well, they weren't those things to distract us and we could really just like let our hair down and Definitely. just be kids and, you know, play play with the worms outside in the mud. Exactly. So, yeah, lots of adventures and creativity and, yeah, it was good fun, childhood. Awesome. I love it. And tell us what school life was like for you growing up. Yeah, so I went to an all-girls school in Pascavale and um, I found it... I suppose, challenging in some ways because I didn't feel like I quite fitted in um, with my peers. Um, I was someone who was really driven to get involved with extracurriculums, whether it be try out for form captain or debating groups. And I felt as though my peers kind of looked down on me for that. And the culture was that it was almost seen as uncool to try out for things. And I mean, some schools... It is, it's cool, it's considered cool, the culture, to, you know, be proactive, to be academic, to strive. But I really felt quite judged here and um, found it hard to find myself and, and really figure out who I was and what I wanted. And I also felt that I was a bit of a people pleaser and really sometimes limiting myself, particularly in the senior years when, you know, everyone's a little bit older and um, you're kind of more familiar with the school, you're a bit more confident and you've got sort of different priorities when it comes to like boys and, and, you know, going out and image and things like that. So there was all those pressures, of course, and, and worrying about what people think of you. So I do find it challenging to find my place and, and to be my true authentic self. Um, and there was some bullying that did occur. So in um, my senior years in year 11 and 12, I... I suppose there was some direct bullying and there was some indirect bullying. So the indirect was kind of um, through social media. So this was like the first year Facebook um, started up and um, everyone joined it and everyone was all over it and and really excited with this new technology. And and, um, there were some things said about me, but not with my name. And, And they were using like code words. So they referred to me about particular things that were very obvious about me but they would use code names like poison and it was just really nasty comments that these girls were talking about me and and putting me down and it did really affect me especially in that year it's a vital year in year 12 to you know have that as a distraction and really put your confidence down it did affect me about my image and um so I was carrying that through a really stressful year And um, even just in discussions in class, um, I felt as though I couldn't contribute because I was going to be judged. There was was always remarks kind of being said when I would put my hand up and and say something. They'd be like, who do you think you are? Or like, oh, you know, laughing or things in the background. And it just made me shut down. And I felt as though I couldn't speak freely and I had to really watch what I'd say. And I would have to downplay everything so if people said what you get what you get oh, i bet you got an a i would be like no i actually got a c so i started lying about my achievements and, yeah. and really just completely just putting everything um i suppose 
not celebrating my successes, but hiding everything and, and really excluding myself and alienating myself because I was worried about what people would think. So I felt like an outcast and um, it was hard in that environment because like I said, it wasn't seen as a good thing to, to strive towards goals and that kind of culture was not encouraged amongst your peers. Teachers were different, but it was, it was really tough to get through um, and the worst part was the bullying online actually was from people that I considered friends. So yeah. just goes to show sometimes that bullying isn't always about people that don't know. You can be, in, you know, within close proximity with people that you think have your back and yeah. really are the ones talking badly about you. So wasn't all great, but I did meet um, two amazing friends who I've known for 15 years from school and we're still currently really close now. So awesome. that's really good. That's amazing. Yeah. Just touching back into the bullying side of things, looking back now, you'd think it's ludicrous to have people put you down for striving to be your best self because you surrounded yourself with like-minded people and things like that. What did you do to overcome those challenges through that tough year? Yeah. So honestly, it wouldn't stop unless I would do something. So if nothing, nothing will change unless you take action, basically. And... I just thought, you know what, I'm not going to let this stuff me around. Um, I already had pressure to get sort of a really high ADA score because my sister got the ducks two years before me. And I thought, look, I've got my own pressure. I've got my own family pressure from my family. I'm not going to let this ruin my year. And I just saw myself as worthy of so much more. So I confronted them in person. So not behind the keyboard. I actually spoke to the girls and I said, look, I know what's going on. You need to stop this right now or I'm going to take it further. I didn't want to go to like the student coordinator or anything, but I, I wanted to speak to them and show them that, look, I know what's going on. I'm not stupid. I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm not going to be a victim to this. And that was midway through year 12. And since then, they did stop. Um, and also just seeking support from people who you feel truly care for you. And, and speaking about it rather than suffering in silence. I think it's so important for people to openly discuss this because we know nowadays there's so many more pressures for young people, but they're suffering in sil silence. They're not talking about it. And it can often lead to, you know, really tragic conclusions. And fortunately, I wasn't one of those people. Um, I was able to speak about what was going on to my sister, to my parents, to my best friends, and they were there for me. But if someone doesn't have that ability to discuss it, then they're tackling this on their own and, and they're, they're internalising it. And I mean, we, we all know about young suicide these days and, and how it's increasing because of mental health issues. And it's really sad that, you know, someone at such a young age can be going through those things. And I think by having, you know, more discussions about it and resources and, um, support from you know family friends and staff will make such a big difference but that person really needs to have the confidence and the courage to reach out because it's not always noticeable and people don't always know what's going on definitely and that's a great point that you raise it is courageous to go and ask for help and it's considered not normal everyone tries to as, as humans we're trying to think we're invincible and try and deal with things on our own but it's important to know that we can reach out and there's people around that can support you through that. Mm. Do you have any advice for anyone that may be going through this similar thing that you went through in high school, what to do looking back now? Yeah, um, 
When I look back, I wish that I didn't let those nasty words affect me as much as they did. Um, I would say to you know a young girl or anyone um, at a young age dealing with bullying, um, don't take it personally and just think about it this way. You know, for them to use their time in that way to target someone, it means something else is going on in their life or it's not even about you. It's generally coming from a place of insecurity or unhappiness for someone to, you know, actually go out there and and intentionally want to hurt someone. It means something's not right with them. So just don't let it really stop you from living your life. You're always in control of your reaction. There'll always be people out there that are trying to break you down to stop you but you can control your reaction in your life and, and your pathway and just be open to talking about it and, and not suffering in silence. Amazing. There's some awesome points that I think the listeners can take out from that. Thanks, Nadine, for sharing with us. How do you think that facing those hardships going through high school shaped you into the person you were going through university and then to the person you are today? Um, I think it was just about, you know, wanting to prove everyone wrong that maybe, you know, doubted me or called me nasty things that, you know, I'm not going to let this affect me. Um, and I'm not going to hide my personality or, or restrict myself from being, you know, living an extraordinary life and, and making a difference because I know what I want in life. And I know that's to, to help people and to make amazing social change in the community. And, that's a genuine passion of mine and I want to create goodness. That's I want, We've got limited time on earth. So I'm just thinking, you know, rather than letting that story of what they've said about me or any kind of negative thoughts from myself or from others, just use, you know, with the time and energy you have, use it for positive things rather than, you know, suffering or being in your own self-pity or, or letting it restrict you and limit you. Amazing. A good quote that I've read mm-hmm. and it's stuck with me ever since. I can't remember where I read it or why. I just can remember reading the quote on Instagram. It's, you're always in control of your own happiness. Yeah. And I've actually put that in my bio of Instagram and that gets me through the days and that helps me to be mm. the best person I can be. And I can tell just from talking to you and your partner, Richard, you guys are bleeding passion. You're doing some amazing things here at All For One and spreading the word about your experiences and your journeys and it's helping the lives of other people. And we're going to dive right into that but I want to get right down to the roots of how All For One started. Yeah, so awesome. let's talk about your history with mindfulness, meditation, and holistic health. Awesome. So um, I found health to be something that can either make my life really amazing or if health is down, it can really bring it to the opposite level. And health is like absolutely everything to everyone. And um I could really feel the effects when my health went down and my anxiety really increased. And um, rather than sort of resulting to medication to mask that problem, I found sort of different alternative ways to, to help me. And that was through exercise. It was through nourishing my body. It was through journaling. It was through meditation. It was through a number of different ways. And I think people need to be open to trialing different methods. It's not, you know, one way is going to help everybody. There's there's multiple things that you can do. Some people might benefit from talking to a psychologist. Some people might benefit from being part of a community group. And I think um, 
to continue on even if something doesn't feel like it's working for you is really important. So if you find that, you know, you've seen a psychologist to help you with your anxiety or your mental health and it's not really proving to be successful, don't give up. Try something else. Try join a training group. I, I joined this um, outdoor training group called Step Into Life and that changed my whole mindset awesome. because I felt part of a group. I felt part of a community. We were growing together. We were achieving goals together. Also volunteering, the power of actually giving back, the power of being involved with something which is really helping other people can help with your own insecurities, your own problems. It's, it's almost like healing your own self when you're helping other people and it allows you to see you know, what other people are going through and put things in perspective in life. So I, I joined um, a group called Amnesty International which was all about human rights and, and campaigning against people who were living in a situation where their rights were infringed, whether it be females who were protesting for their rights and then imprisoned or, or people um, facing the death penalty for crimes that weren't even considered truly crimes. So. I felt being part of something like that really helped with my health. And health isn't just about, you know, your physical state. It's so much more, as you would know, because you're in the industry, of course. Definitely. It's a lifestyle. And I found, you know, being part of a group and being, you know, part of something bigger than myself gave me a sense of purpose. And it allowed me to also feel gratitude and and to see my life as a blessing and to feel really great about the great things that I have so wow. yeah I feel like health is so big it's it's energy it's obviously strength it's nutrition but it's also you know that's part of well-being I suppose when you look at your whole lifestyle and for me I feel the best when I'm part of a community and when I'm, I'm achieving goals, but also celebrating success with other people, not just with myself. Excellent. Yeah. And I think it's important for people you raised before to trial and error, try different things because you never know unless mm. you try. And some people may thrive in a group environment like yourself, or some people may thrive in a solo environment and who's to say that's wrong for anyone. Yeah. Some people, I suppose, they love to have personal goals and, and they can, you know, train and run marathons and, and triathlons and Ironman all, all on their own. And that's really satisfying for them. Yeah, but everyone is very different. Yeah, Definitely. so it's about, I suppose, finding what works for you and what gives you that sense of fulfillment. 100%. You touched on before you did a bit of volunteering with Amnesty International. Let's dive more into that. What happened there? Yeah, so I, I was studying criminology at the time and um, I was doing an arts degree and majored in criminology, which opened my eyes to human rights and all the injustice that was occurring. And you learn so much in uni because I feel like you're out of your bubble of high school and you really get to see all these current affairs and what's happening in, in the global world, not just in your local community as well. So I just thought, wow, there's so much more happening, not just in Nadine's little world. And I want to be a part of that. And I, I just had this hunger to create social change and to help people that were in really bad, unfortunate situations. And I became the group convener for the Hume Society. So I'd be coordinating like film screenings or educating people, Amazing. doing fundraisers and um, yeah. And then after that, I was awarded Young Citizen um, of the Year for Hume. And that really gave me a huge platform to, I suppose, deliver 
content that was important to me. So I was part of um, International Women's Day. I, I made a speech and really be a role model for my young generation. And um, I remember I started a, a foundation called Fly Foundation for young girls. So first love yourself. And that was kind of the starting point where I realized that, wow, this is my area. This is what I want to specialize in. And that's really um, creating resources and content and access for, for young people to better their life, to better their, their, better their health and to come together and network and, and build relationships with people. Amazing. And what sort of experiences did you uh, uh, face volunteering with Amnesty International? Did you travel overseas to do any? Um, no, that was um, all local. Yeah. Um, I did travel in Africa and did a, a bit of volunteering there, which was awesome. Um, that was actually on my honeymoon with oh, wow. um, Richard. Yeah, so not your ordinary type of honeymoon. We were oh, camping right. for like three months there as well. Um, but yeah, no, it was absolutely incredible to see the smiles on their faces just for some time, just for some love and some attention and just to read to them and, and to show them that, you know, there's people out there that care about you and just to give them books, you know, or pencils and, and things like that. They were just so excited. Little things like yeah. that. Amazing. And for people that are thinking about volunteering, do you have any... Any tips for them where to start? Yeah, I think um, find something that resonates with you. Um, and that's the starting point, really. What, whatever you're passionate about, it might be, you know, you've had someone in the family who's dealt with something that's had such an effect on your life. So you want to go down that path or you might find something that just infuriates you and, and angers you. So you feel like, you want to make some change and you want to contribute to that. So it's very personal, but find something that obviously means something. Otherwise, it's not going to be as fulfilling. So it has to be meaningful to you, I think. Fantastic. Yeah. And I love this little segue we've gone on to because this still falls under the health umbrella, doesn't it? You're still nourishing your mind. And I, I think mm. that's an important thing for people to understand that health isn't just nourishing your body, it's also nourishing your mind. Mm. And I know from chatting with you, you're very passionate about this. So for the listeners, can we give some more common tips for people on how to nourish their mind? Yeah, I think, again, it's different for different people. But for me, I like to give myself an hour of power every morning and that's non-negotiable. So I will either go for a mindful run, meaning I won't listen to music and I'll just be, you know, completely aware of my surroundings and that really helps slow me down and 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 just relaxes me. I feel like it's really restorative. Um, and I'll also do some meditation and I'll deeply think about three things that I'm grateful for. And they can vary, but I usually try to think of something that's very simple, like, you know, having an amazing partner or the, the cuddle I get when I go to my parents' house from my mum, which just smothers me with love or, you know, her cooking a beautiful home-cooked meal. Um, or it could be a conversation I had with a client or it could be, you know, a gift that someone gave me, anything that made me feel just so special and so blessed. And once I, I have that, those feelings, it's almost impossible to feel sad. You can't feel grateful and sad at the same time. It's impossible. So I like to start my day just 
journaling or or meditating that that run is like everything to me like i feel as though it's liberating and all that junk all that negativity can just flush out when i'm moving my body as well um and sometimes it can be actually going outdoors and and having a chat to a friend so i might spend a sunday morning going for a hike in nature and um, having a a really good dnm with a friend and it just helps sort of express your feelings and get out any negativity and yeah it just sets your day up really well so again it's different for everyone but i think finding what makes you feel good and, and then creating a routine so everyone's got you know at least half an hour a day for themselves and if you don't have half an hour a day then what is your life like you've got to reassess your life everyone needs time for themselves something just for you great i love the point that you raised there about making time for yourself i feel like we live in our bodies so we need to make time to Mm. love ourselves and nourish ourselves and i love how you you intertwine the two paths there between nourishing your body and nourishing your mind you say that you went for a run and you practice mindfulness at the same time. So for anyone out there that thinks it's a challenge to incorporate two of those things at the same time, you just need to work on it. It's a practice, and Mm. I think you're definitely nailing that. I hope so. It's (laughs) definitely proving to help. I mean, I can see such a difference in my mindset over the past five years by practicing these things. I still have my challenging days, but I'm able to realize when I am starting to feel anxious or starting to feel down or starting to be in my negative thoughts and it's because I haven't maybe had a nourishing meal or I haven't exercised or I haven't had that time to meditate so it's that awareness that's the first step in order to then rewire your activity and change your behavior amazing that's awesome Nadine I know you're very passionate about mental health and changing the stigma around it. What's your main Mm. goal when you're trying to change the stigma? And I understand that falls back into nourishing your mind as well. So what's your main goal? Yeah, I think um, creating openness to express your vulnerability and be able to discuss, you know, challenging times without fear of judgment. I think everyone's fearful that they're going to be judged if they speak openly about what their hardships are and there's still unfortunately this stigma when it comes to mental health that you might not be as worthy or you might not you might be seen it might be seen as a weakness if you do express that you do suffer from you know depression or anxiety or um, you have moments of insecurities I think people don't like to talk about it because they do feel as though they're going to be seen as weak or insufficient and I want people to feel like there's no judgment and that we're all human beings and we all want the same things. We all want connection. We all want love. We all want to feel significant in life and we all want to feel like we're growing and we're contributing. And I think nowadays though, with popular culture and, and the way sort of sometimes people are using the terms though, like um, anxiety and depression over anything, we've got to be careful of that too. Like it's been thrown around, casually and um it's not just about you know having a a breakup and feeling crappy eating an ice a tub of ice cream chronic depression is so much more than that so i think we definitely need more resources we need to be educating others and we need to and educate ourselves about exactly what it is and talking about strategies that work 
for for us so we can share that so we know how to break through that and not to feel you know judged if you are going to see a psychologist or a counselor or, or someone about it but to feel like that's great it's like going to the doctors for a flu vaccination or or to get a prescription for something it's just as you know important and and it's not seen as a weakness or your abnormal um but i also want to break this barrier of mental health as being something that can limit you because i think people should not feel any less if they do suffer from it and um, you can almost use it as a way to drive you to do more and to succeed and it's about finding the tools and the strategies that work to manage those those problems and those challenges so rather than using it as an excuse or living in self-pity thinking oh i can't do this because i have anxiety or because i've got fear of, of change but you know at the end of the day we're all humans and we all have different levels of it but it's about how you deal with it and i think um yeah finding different ways to get through that and break those limiting beliefs as well amazing i love i love what you're about nadine that's awesome let's dive into what you're doing here at all for one now where did the inspiration for this amazing studio come from? Uh, well, it started actually from my husband Richard's um, dream, which was to open up a physiotherapy clinic. And um, he has been doing so much research on physiotherapy and has discovered a new a new way to deliver healthcare, and that's through a holistic approach. And he didn't just want to have a clinic, you know, where it was just him on site. We then thought, okay, what about having, you know, a number of different professionals working under the one roof to really learn and grow together? And um, obviously, my I've always been passionate about health and practicing yoga I found really helpful and, and meditation. I thought, wouldn't we introduce that? And he knows how helpful that is because he often would refer his clients to get meditation, to do meditation or to see maybe like a psychologist or to have a coach because it is all about the mind-body connection. So we thought, you know, we need to deliver healthcare with a new approach now. It's not just about being, um, you know, one single way, but it's about, again, variety of different methods and working with a number of different professionals to learn from each other and also not feeling like you've got to go to multiple places to, to seek treatment. I know personally how inconvenient that is. You're being referred to someone and then you've got to retell your whole situation to them and it's it's tedious, it's uncomfortable, it's not accessible. So we wanted to create something that was convenient for people and became more than just seeking help but creating a, a community where people feel really well supported here and part of something and, and really well looked after so we've created I suppose a number of different services so there's something for everyone here and really adding value to our members so we have the clinical side as well as the fitness side with um, you know yoga meditation on offer pilates boxing spin classes we have a dietitian on site we have an exercise physiologist um, and a well-being coach as well amazing so really getting back into that holistic health mm. view that you're so passionate about unbelievable and where did the inspiration for the name come from oh, i remember last year actually we were doing a lot of research and brainstorming we were in um japan on a holiday and we were sitting down at a cafe and we were just throwing words around and we're like oh 
you know, something, what's our values? It's about community, it's about unity, it's about oneness, it's about wholeness. And we're like, what about all for one? And it just sort of just came to us. And we know it's kind of a familiar term that everyone's sort of um, familiar with. They know all for one, one for all, gives you that sense of unity and, and, you know, coming together as a team. And we thought, you know what, it sticks in your head, it's simple. Um, and we just loved it. And, we, and there was another name before that, but we just weren't proud of it. Like, you know, when you say it and you kind of feel like, oh, it's just something not quite right. doesn't yeah, sound good. Definitely. Yeah. But we were proud of this and we thought, you know, it also has the other meaning of all services for that one person. We're all for you. We're all here to help you. So yeah, definitely. I think um, if you want to come up with something, go overseas for some inspiration because that helps. I love helps. that point. That's a fantastic <laughs> point that you raised there. And I love how the name, it's really surround, It's really nailing all the different services like you mentioned before, all for one, and really getting a holistic approach in because there's all these different categories that go into making mm. them amazing. Take us through the process from finding the location to the renovations and to now the amazing space that it is. What sort of hardships did you face? How was, how was the yeah. process? Paint the picture for us. Yeah, so we were actually both working our nine to five jobs. So I was teaching full time last year and Richard was still working actually six days a week um, as a physio. And we obviously had limited time, but you just have to make time. And um, we after hours, we'd be doing, we'd do a lot of research, we'd travel to different areas, find, you know, what spaces would be available um is it the right size um will we have to renovate it you know it took a lot of effort but when we found this space in Yarraville we thought this is perfect because we both absolutely love Yarraville it already has such a beautiful community vibe here and there's a lot of like health conscious people that are really wanting to look after themselves and look after their families and we thought this is the perfect location we also live in the west so it's nice and convenient for us and um, when we saw it, we could just complete, as soon as we walked through the space, we could just visualize how it was going to be set up. It didn't look anything like this um, at all. I was scrolling through the Instagram page yeah. from the beginning and seeing oh, all the renovations. Oh, gosh. It was a nightmare. Many hours of shoveling dirt and um, breaking down walls to get to where it is. But, um, Pretty proud to see the before and after shots. Definitely, yeah. you guys should be proud. This place is absolutely amazing, and it's Thank got that you. that welcoming vibe with the soft tones of colours. And and as soon as you walk through the door, and on that note, mm-hmm. did you have any thought process behind the soft tones of colours? I know as you walk in, you've got the dusty pinks and yeah. and the essential oils blaring. Tell us through, take us through that process. Yeah, there. so I mean, I was thinking, what makes me feel great, and it's definitely. This a scent, a really beautiful scent. So that's why we created um, uh, a nice, subtle grapefruit scent as you walk through the door, the doors. And also, I love to be in nature when I'm feeling a little bit anxious or, or not well. And I wanted to bring lots of greenery. So that's sort of what inspired having lots of plants here, bringing the outdoors indoors. I love it. Um, and yeah, like the the little touches. So the the minimal look. Um, really makes people feel fresh and calming um less is more i think as well sometimes you know just having really subtle tones just makes you feel at peace and really relaxed rather than cluttering we have enough clutter in our lives so we wanted something to create deep clutter and and space for people um and yeah i suppose we wanted something that was open and and fresh and, and cleansing and 
hopefully we've achieved it. <laughs> Definitely have achieved that. As I was saying before, it's so welcoming as you're walking through the door. And do you have any tips for some listeners that may be thinking about renovating their home or, or trying to decorate their bedroom or yeah. even to go as far as, say, make a more welcoming vibe in their cafe? What are some tips that you can give for them? I think starting off with thinking about, like, what emotions do you want to evoke? What feelings do you want people to have? And then researching and getting inspiration. So um, when we were traveling in Japan last year, we saw the beautiful interior there and that's what led us to finding um, an architect who was actually Japanese. Um, And yeah, something that you feel will trigger a a sense of emotion, something that's unique as well. Um, And something that just you're proud of, I suppose, because it's your space and, and I mean, you're doing it for people as well. So you have to also put your mindset into your clients. Um, so it's dependent, I guess, if it's your house you're renovating or a business. But I try to marry both, thinking what do I want and what do people want and what does your audience, what do they aspire, what's aspirational for them and, and what would they want in their own home. Like we've had a lot of people come through and they'd be like, where did you get this from? Where's your couch from? I want it for my own home. And yeah, so it's been awesome that, you know, people want to get, they see it and then they want tips for their own home. Definitely. Mm. That's when you know you're kicking goals with your decor. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You mentioned before that you and your partner Richard were still working nine to five jobs as well Mm. as trying to build this empire. Talk us through what was happening there and and how you you thought it was going to be possible even through the most difficult of times. Yeah, so... It's, it was, when I look back, I just cannot believe where we found that source of energy to get it done. But I suppose it doesn't feel like work when you're loving what you're doing. It really doesn't. We would happily spend, you know, hours after work till like 12 o'clock midnight working on the computer, doing research. And it is such a long process because, you know, you have to hire your staff, um, you've got to conduct your interviews, you've got to, um, you know, make sure you've got all the equipment and the resources ready to go. We had an open day set in stone, so we couldn't let anyone down. Um, we actually had the builders still in the day before our open day. It's a block star. Right? Oh, it really <laughs> felt like it. And we had the photographer in there who was doing shots um and the builders were like you need to go we need we need the builders to go we've got stuff to do but it all came together and honestly it did test us but you you learn to be resilient and you learn to be persistent and there's some things you have to understand you can't control but it will be okay and it actually brought us closer together i think because we could bond over it and there'd be moments where i would be losing hope and thinking what have we done like this is crazy why are we putting ourselves through this and vice versa when Richard would need you know some support so it's also switching roles sometimes and and having each other's back and and really trying to push each other through those hardships because it was challenging and yeah but we managed it and um just being really efficient with time and talking about I suppose what you're going through with your family and friends and they were all very supportive as well mm-hmm. and helpful. Yeah. And talking about going back into nourishing our body and nourishing our mind, do you think that through that difficult time you were effective at nourishing your body and nourishing your mind? And do you think that that played a part yeah. in the success that you had? 
Um, yeah, well, I think we would always put our relationship first. And when we did have um, really important social events or whatever, we wouldn't put them aside. We'd always put like family. That's what we value high, highly and as the highest in our life. So we make sure that that doesn't suffer. Um, I mean, there would be some nights where we would have to resort to like quick frozen meals, things like that. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't all like, oh, I'm going to put the slow cooker on and anything like that. It was obviously... Um, hard so especially like the couple of weeks before but um I think now seven months afterwards um we've found more of a balance I certainly can see a difference compared to what it was like in the lead up the month before definitely <laughs> and tips for the listeners that are maybe going through the same sort of scenario on how they can still place an emphasis on nourishing their body and their mind and not put that aside so they can still achieve success yeah uh so just set yourself as you would schedule in um any work commitment that you have to do schedule your 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 own time whether it be catching up with a friend or doing your own exercise whatever it is it is going to help you with your own um productivity you need to fill your cup you need to you know re-energize your batteries otherwise your productivity is going to fail and you hear this in, in many kind of um, self-help books or personal professional development books. It's everywhere. You need to give yourself time before you give time for your work or for others. And it will flourish once you do nourish your mind. <laughs> Should be a rhymer. <laughs> I love it. That comment really resonated with me there. I remember doing a podcast with Chris Lee Brown, who is a Pilates instructor here. Mm. And she was saying that you can't pour from an empty cup, so you need to nourish yourself. Yeah. Before you can nourish others. Oh, absolutely. And it's not selfish. Self is not selfish. Um, you need to put yourself first. You really do. And it doesn't mean, you know, like spend eight hours a day getting a massage and going to the spa. But, you know, a little bit of time for you will make you a better person and will make such a difference to your relationships as well. Amazing. And looking back now... In hindsight, mm-hmm. such a wonderful thing, isn't it? Would you have changed anything through the processes of, of building the Creating place? this place? Yeah. Um, probably just to stop and smell the roses a little bit more, I would say. I know it sounds really cliche, but you're just kind of hustling away that you forget what you're doing. And um, now I feel like I've got a bit more time and space to do that. But I wish that we kind of enjoyed more of the process. The creating was fun, but I just wish that we appreciated a little bit more along the way. Um, But I wouldn't regret making the mistakes or the choices because that's helped us learn. I think mistakes are great if you can get something out of them. And certainly when we build our next all for one, we'll know kind of the what not the do's and the don'ts a little bit more as well. Because it was our first business. Um, We haven't created something like this before. So obviously there's going to be mistakes along the way. But yeah, you just have to be open to learning from them. Exciting mm. things in the pipeline by the sounds of it for yeah. all for one. Amazing. Can we dive more into the services that you offer here? Nadine? Yeah, cool. So um, we're really looking to have something for everyone. And um, our services are created with the idea that the mind and body are equally as important. And we want to integrate both in our services. So um pilates we have which is really great for strengthening and lengthening but also slowing down so mindful movement is a big thing that we like to display um we have yoga which is great for 
those who have been practicing for many years, but also for beginners, because we do offer a fundamentals class and um, yin as well, which anyone can kind of jump in on. Um, lots of stretching and lots of restoring and relaxation. Uh, we have one hour meditation classes as well as half an hour ones for beginners that may have not had much experience before. The spin classes are really, you know, dynamic, great tunes, very energetic. People sometimes are a little bit intimidated at first, but once they jump in there and they've got the, you know, the guidance of the instructor and they've got, you know, the other people around them, they're able to get through and surprise themselves and they feel amazing after it. And the boxing classes are super fun. Um, you're paired up with someone, so it's a good laugh, lots of interactive games through it. Um, yeah, and then obviously we've got the clinical side. So Steph, our dietitian, is incredible. She deals with like a huge range of different health issues. Um, I'm actually going to be seeing her just for some Q&A, just wanting to, to um, pick her brain a little bit because I find nutrition so interesting and there's so much information out there these days you don't actually know what's credible and what's what's right and what's wrong so definitely yeah um and of course our well-being psychologist Electra um who works with people who you know are having startup businesses to high performing performing athletes to a-type personalities all those sort of busy type of people that are trying to maintain balance in their life as well um, and we have massage as well. So our remedial therapist, Luke and Mika for pregnancy massage. So she specializes in that. And Luke does sort of relaxation as well as remedial. So sport injuries to anything really. So I think Amazing. we've nearly covered all bases here. We are starting to um, think about creating um, a mindfulness program for children though. So that's something coming up soon. Fantastic. And I understand you previously being a teacher, that is obviously a passion of yours as well. Can you talk us through... When you were a teacher, how you were incorporating meditation into the, the young kids there? Yeah, so um, I I studied student welfare as well as humanities um, at uni when I was doing my teaching methods. And I really loved student welfare because it enabled me to understand the mindset of the youth a little bit more and um, know how to build connections and relationships and also understand the struggles they go through. And um, I've taught from year seven to year 12. So I can see the changes and the differences between every age group, but I can see more and more a need for meditation and the benefits of meditation through their lives. So there's so many challenges and I would know um, from my own experience that you know you face amongst your peers and the pressures in society to succeed and, and the fear of failure. And I feel like meditation enables people and, and students to really connect with themselves and, and figure out how they're feeling because often they're just so overwhelmed and distracted by everything and all the stimulants around them they're not really in sync with how they're feeling and what's going on. So it just allowed students to slow down. I couldn't bring it in all the time as much as I'd like because obviously you've got a curriculum to get through. Definitely. But now by having um, you know, our all-for-one school wellness program, it's definitely a good opportunity to come into schools and provide um, this this knowledge and, and, and resources for both students and teachers to have some time away from academic learning and, and testing and, and the stresses of assignments and to really refocus and center, um, recenter and, and I suppose understand themselves a little bit more and, and what their purpose is and what, the, what their goals are. Because school is obviously 
a really challenging time and and I suppose kids don't always know what they want to do at that age and and it can cause a lot of stress so I think yeah we definitely need more mindfulness within our school environment and if the teachers can't provide that then there should be outsiders that are able to come in and and assist and, and help support them I love that. Mm. And if there are any teachers or people that are high up in schools that are listening mm-hmm. and want to get in contact with Nadine, I'll have her details in the show notes for you because this program is amazing and definitely will go further into making us happier, healthier people. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. Nadine, coming to the end of the podcast now, why has putting others before yourself benefited you? Um... I feel as though by really listening to others, you you can gain a lot about yourself. You can learn a lot about yourself, which is awesome. Um, but you're also gaining this sense of satisfaction and fulfillment by helping them change their lives. And for me, that's the most amazing feeling. So to know that you've really left a positive impact on someone and you've actually given them the time to genuinely listen and not just, you know, say you're there but actually be there and to to provide good advice but not always to have to provide good advice just to be there for someone and everyone wants that everyone wants to feel like they're understood or that there's some empathy towards them or some support um it doesn't matter who you are you everyone's going through challenges in life and we're all human beings and we're all equal it doesn't matter what status you have where you come from what your background is I think that we all need to just be open to listening to one another and giving each other comfort because everyone's, you know, their worst critic in life and, and dealing with their own crap. And it's, it's we just need to be good to each other. And I think the world would be, I know it sounds so cliche, but, you know, if you treat people in your community well, then it will have this, you know, long-term effect on others and it will just be resonating you know good positive vibes and there'll be more harmony less kind of conflict less hate and that's what we need i couldn't agree more Mm. and do you have any tips for the listeners that maybe a friend of someone that's going through a hard time on how to be a good friend to them knowing what you have and being being through the experiences that you have yeah i would say if, if you've got a friend or a sister or a family member or someone you know in the community that is dealing with something or just a, just seems unhappy, you know, reach out and invite them to something, um, whether it be, you know, a walk or a brunch date or try and mirror their energy too sometimes and, and mirror the way they're feeling. Not to say, you know, be depressed if they're depressed, but if you find that their energy is, is low, you don't want to come up, you know, full guns blazing, be like, come on, we're going to do this because they may be going to feel like there's more of a barrier between you and them. So it's really about trying to put yourself in their position and just trying to listen to what's going on and they'll come when they're ready. So just to show that you're available there and, and that you're wanting to help. Amazing. That is some awesome points for the listeners as well, Nadine. What would you say to 16-year-old Nadine now, knowing everything that you've done? Oh, God. I would tell her, you are an amazing young girl and don't worry about what people think of you. You know, this is your life. 
you can achieve whatever you set your mind to. You're going to do some amazing things. You are going to challenge yourself. You're going to grow. You're going to connect with beautiful people. And what you're going through right now is not going to set you back. In actual fact, it's going to help you grow. You should see this hardship as a blessing because it's going to build resilience. It's going to build strength. It's going to build determination. You are going to live an extraordinary life and you're going to send a beautiful message to all those people around you. Amazing. (laughs) I wish I heard that when I was 16. (laughs) Maybe some people are wanting to hear that. So congratulations to you. It goes into show with what you're doing here at All For One, but what is your main goal here at All For One? Oh, wow. I just want to spread kindness to everyone. And I feel as though I've got an obligation to help as many people as possible. Um, So we want to scale up. We want to have more awful ones around Victoria. We want to become a national company. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm constantly giving back and that I'm being able to really add value to people's lives and find out what, what they're needing, what they're lacking in. Um, by educating myself, by, you know, also building a really beautiful community amongst my staff. So our staff, they're not just people with, you know, qualifications, but they're talented, passionate people. And they, without them, we would be nothing. So I think, yeah, just constantly finding people who are like-minded, growing and inspiring. Amazing. Yeah. And you and your husband, Richard, are bleeding passion. It's so evident to see. So good on you. Thank on you. that note, where can we reach you? Where can the listeners find out some membership options? Yeah, cool. So you can find us on allforone.com.au or um, through our Instagram, allforonestudios. Um, also, my email, if anyone wants to reach out, always happy to collaborate. Um, we have a lot of workshops that take place here, so people love to use the space to spread their message. Um, so if they want to get in contact, my email is nadine at allforone.com.au. Excellent. And I'll have those in the show notes for you guys. Well, Nadine, thank you so much for your time today. I've loved hearing the hardships and your journey that you've faced through your life and that shaped you into the person you are today. So good on you. Thank you so much, Matt. I think, you know, you're doing some amazing things as well. And it's such, it's beautiful to be able to like connect with people who are so like-minded and to spread really good positive vibes. Thank you so much. Have a good day, guys. And that's this week's dose of Euphoria. Connect with myself and the Euphoria Health community on Instagram or Facebook at Euphoria Health. Through these channels, you'll find cool workouts, plant-based recipes and daily challenges. Until next time, guys, I'm your host, Matt Zapala, And remember, don't settle for anything less than Euphoria.